Happy Comic Book Day and welcome back, all you four-color funny book aficionados. This is U.S. Comics Cast, Season 4, your HQ for all things comic book connected. We are John and Charlie Rivera, the co-founders of U.S. Comics. Charlie, welcome back and happy comic book day. Welcome back to you and happy comic book day to all listening and watching today. As always, we are brought to you by the incredible Bad Mary Band and the phenomenal Sergeant Finesse Gaming. If you haven't done so already, please smash that like and or follow button and hit that comment section like Hanna-Barbera is hitting their lawyers right now. I wonder who wrote that line. John, before we get into Velma, before yeah. we get into a Coven of Witches... We got to talk about my dreams coming true. And that dream, no, no, it's not a new beautiful lady to have by my side. No, no, it's not yet another puppy to run by my feet. John, they finally made a good video game adaptation. The Last of Us is here. Take us to the good new new, my brother. Unbelievable. Charlie, it seemed like it was taking forever. For this show to drop and i gotta give hbo a lot of credit just in terms of their hype machine they know what they're doing because even stuff that's coming up that i have zero interest in in watching like i don't know velma um even stuff like that i know it's on the way we never have the conversation of oh shit they made that oh shit something is dropping oh snap you kidding me you never have that conversation when it comes to HBO properties. They're good uh, at so like, been secretly dropping shit. They drop, they're like, you don't need Looney Tunes. Get out of here, Looney Tunes. No one talk about Looney Tunes. Look at what we do have. They're, they're good <laughs> at giving. They they're secretly also take, very they good give. at taking things away. You're like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and watch Westworld. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not watching Westworld. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Thanks a lot, HBO Max. However, however... Ellis, uh, if you've been hitting the saws early today, um, we are glad to hear it because it does lift the spirits, imbibing the spirits. But uh, no, no, Mortal Kombat in 1995 was far from comparable to what we got with The Last of Us. So, Charlie, uh, let me ask you straight off the bat. Um, I know that you claim to be, quote-unquote, not a video game guy. But you enjoy some time with the sticks in your hand. So I'm not a video game guy. I'm not a video game guy the way I'm like not a like good date. I enjoy (laughs) video games. I'm not particularly good at video. I enjoy dating. I'm not particularly good at dating. Yes, I did wind up. uh, Luckily, uh, Last of Us had an easy mode. So a schlub like me. Was able to be about as stealthy as I am at 2 a.m. grabbing a snack out of the fridge. Um, I loved Last of Us. I despise Last of Us 2, but that's a conversation for another different. day. Yeah, that's a different thing. I gotta so tell it's, you, it's from... interesting to me though, just really quick before we yeah. dive into the other stuff. Um, so, The Last of Us, for anyone who is going to be or has watched the initial. Uh, Paul's a perfect example. So let's throw Paul's comment up there. Uh, Cousin Paul jumping in, coming over from YouTube, uh, which we love. 
Paul, I don't play video games, but The Last of Us was good. Damn straight, Paul. So here's the interesting point. You're going to have uh, many people, many, many people who, who are going to watch this show, especially now that The Walking Dead has been finally buried. Um, they're going to watch this show as kind of like the successor, the inheritor of the um, the creepy fucking, uh, you know, creepy crawly uh, episodic storytelling. Uh, and then you'll also have people like us who played the video games to some d- degree of success or another. Uh, and, and then you're going to have people who are obsessive Last of Us fans who are going to be sitting there with uh, a pencil and a paper um, and they're making notes and they're comparing one for one and this was better than that and that was better than this and it's all valid. So I happen to love RPGs, um, role-playing games for anyone who's not, uh, who is not of the tribe. I, I love, love the them. idea they're... of someone watching this show and being like, RPG, what is that, some sort of missile? What yeah, is that, sure, some sort of bomb sure. grenade? Damn straight. And they're probably related to you. Um, thank you very much, Joker. Thank you. Welcome back, all you mofos as well. Um, I love role-playing games like that in the first person. I think a lot of it has to do with my my imagining I was Indiana Jones throughout most of my childhood and some of my early adulthood. Um, so you, you get to literally see yourself in these scenarios, and uh, they're great. They, they're, they get you invested. Is a, there's a big difference between Pac-Man and an RPG like The Last of Us, and even a, a, a poor sequel like The Last of Us 2, Electric Boogaloo. You're invested. You get invested. Yeah. But that all being said, when you played through uh, The Last of Us, how much did you really recall of the opening sequence? Uh, speaking for myself, not that much. The second that this show hit, I was like this, Charlie. Oh, oh, I remember that. Oh, snappy nappy. While at the same time, they're giving us new stuff and expanding upon stuff that they did already give us originally. They're able to do so in such a way that you remember the original version. You, uh, um, you appreciate the expanded version and you're sitting back and Again, speaking for me, I'm just like, mm, I can't wait for the know-nothings to come knock, knock, knocking on my door, call, hitting up the cell phone. Uh, so I'm like, oh, you played the game? What's going to happen here? Just like Game of Thrones, bro. Just like Game of Thrones. We're like, oh, what's going to happen with the dragon in the water? Well, you're going to have to watch, son. You're going to have to watch. Season four, nice and early. We have our first nice, bot in nice, the chat. Nice. We are God a success in season four already. So, so Charlie, I'm going to throw it again right back to you. So watching that opening sequence, was your mind immediately thrown back to watching the cinematic, even playable cinematic? Because you got a chance to be the, his daughter uh, for a hot second. I uh, legitimately... Did you immediately go back there? Legitimately, I had like full deja vu. Where I was, they do a great job, like you said, they recreate so much of what we love that any twist or any variation that they go on, they're famously in the video game. I'll speak about the video game. They're early in the story, they're driving in their pickup truck, and they get T-Bone to high heaven. The big, the closest to a spoiler I'm going to get 
a car damn near T-bones them. And I felt like I was in the Matrix seeing a second cat in a row. Because I'm like, I was the Leo DiCaprio like, uh -oh, meme. Uh -oh. from once. I was like, oh! And then something the way becoming... fucking crazier happens. So I'm like throwing up the popcorn. I had the benefit of watching it with our mother, who literally was like, that's the main girl from the poster. I'm like, you are fucked, mom, <laughs> with your, your th hopes and dreams. They had me so hook, line, and sinker. Um, I mean, little dumb shit I remembered. At the time yeah. The Last of Us came out, I was dating a girl who was obsessed with it. She had a the T-shirt that his daughter wears in the opening cinematic. The show nice. just made the shirt. It's like based on a band. It's the exact fucking That's shirt. Dynamite. That sort of, that sort of uh, uh, detail. It's a that sort of giving a fuck. And what I loved most, not to jump all the way to the end before I kick it back it. to you, but do it, do it. HBO around. does, and I love that they do this. They go not next time on The Last of Us. They go this season on The Last of Us. And I saw, because I'm a super geek, I saw the talent behind the voices of the video game playing all sorts of different parts. Now there is one actor who was the voice uh, actor for her character, and now she's straight up playing that character. That's the leader of the Fireflies. That's the same person. But everyone from the video game is back, and they have either brand new characters, uh, that are, like, poetic. I have a theory about who the original voice actor for Ellie is playing. It's all but been uh, verified to my knowledge. But everybody from the game uh, that was probably available, they were like, come play on the show. Because sure. this at no point, at no point does this show think it's better than the game it came from. Which, to me, is always the secret sauce. Whenever something deviates too far, it's because they're ashamed of it. When they made Super Mario Brothers, no one fucking thought a movie could be sustained off of that platformer. And thus, chaos reigns supreme. Yeah, they were this right. This clearly loves The Last of Us. This is almost well, a fucking fan film, but with well, the here, budget of all the money. Here's the thing, and, and I think you really nailed it on the head. Um... They don't think they're quote unquote better, right? Because it's it would it would always be interesting to me. I I akin this to fantasy football, and I know it's gonna be a little bit of ways the around the racetrack to get to it, but I promise it's gonna make sense if you hang in there with me. So for anyone who is not uh, familiar with fantasy football, you acquire kind of bits and pieces of talent from different real life teams in the world in real life and you kind of compile them the way you want to and you collect your little digital athletes and you're very happy with them uh yeah i did indeed win my uh championship this year I, I this is so the most ham-fisted uh, way to be way to be i am thank the you, champion you. of my thank fantasy you, league you. damn straight legacy league not just not to brag a little bit but it happened in any case so In a legacy case, lead is just 25 <laughs> minutes of you explaining the intricacies of fantasy football? In any case, I would always akin this to when you have your little collection of, uh, of uh, football players, somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know what? Uh, what do you uh, what do you want for Patrick Mahomes? And I'm like, oh, you, you, I would need this, that, and the other. They're like, oh, and then they start tearing down 
your guy who they're trying to trade for. So it would be as if a streamer, a content creator, a, 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 a movie producer, whoever the case might be, saying, okay, you give me that thing. I'm going to cherry pick from your roster what I want. And then now I'm going to tell you what it's worth. No, you are not. If it was not worth a lot, you wouldn't have wanted it from me to begin with. So how about this? How about we work something out? And I think truly that's what they did here. First and first, mostly the, the HBO, when they came to when they came knocking on the door, uh, they said, hey, give me that quarterback and the top running back. And uh, you're going to show us how to play with those toys. And that's what they did. It was almost a point for point opening sequence the only time that it deviated it was expanded upon and in my humble opinion improved when well, they lo- when they when they fast forwarded in time uh which you know was was bound to happen just for for narrative structure um they also did so in such a way that anyone who was already familiar with kind of what's happening or uh was just like immediately invested they knew that there were going to be answers that they were not getting in that first pilot. It was a long show. It was a long episode. That's long the longest hell. episode this season. Hour and a half. Unreal. Uh, and rightfully so. However, as much as they gave us, they still left us wanting more. That long, long introduction was just a taste. I also awesome. love that they still... The, the, they managed to find what maybe wouldn't translate well. And I don't want to trigger anyone because I know there are a lot of strong opinions about a lot. I'm one of the people that develops incredibly strong opinions about dumb little aspects. So the one I I want to talk about, very slight spoiler for the game, but the game's a billion years old. Just shut the fuck up. Um, If you haven't played it yet, like... There's a device in the game where, where downed zombies, we'll call them, uh, release spores. So when you're in your when you're inside, you have to wear like a gas mask. The creators of the show said right out of the gate, they were like, "Listen, there's a reason Spider-Man's mask goes chuka chuka and removes off his face, and we're not going to cover all of our actors' faces for a device that if we remove, isn't going to structurally change the show one iota." So they got rid of the traditional versions of the spores, which means when our actors are inside, they're not immediately throwing on gas masks. Now, that's a thing where I can understand someone has a strong opinion about. My strong opinion is it doesn't change do the structure of the show. Like, do they what? Like, do they? Uh, like, do they have a strong opinion on, like, well, they're not I think wearing, like, I know gas for a mask fact, right now? I know for a fact when Leon Kennedy has the wrong haircut every time they try to adapt Resident Evil 2, I get pissy. And all it You're is, like, it's hey, the Leo DiCaprio flow. The, you don't have the uh, the teen heartthrob haircut from the 90s. I'm out. Yeah, that was your big problem. My, with meanwhile, that Shit. movie got away with Mila Jojovic being like a Superman. And yeah. I was like, but what about Leon's jacket? So, so, so I think everyone can tell from just our machinations and tone, Charlie and I are both all the way in... Uh, with The Last of Us. I cannot Fucking wait awesome. uh, for more and more and more episodes to dive into. Like Charlie was saying before, maybe that was in private, uh, I'm I'm anxious to dive back into the video game version uh, just to see like what I can pick up and back pocket 
But I do want to put it out there right away, Charlie, because as always, we are against the clock. I truly, Ellis's comment notwithstanding, I truly cannot think of a better video game adaptation to either uh, a theatrical or small screen release. There are some where I'm like, okay, well, this one was this and this one was that. But um, can, truly, can you think of even a close number two at this point? They came out of the box with such fire right off, you know, right off the bat. There, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but on the short list. Per usual. Uh, the, the, I mean, I, I know we kind of broke his chops about it, but I mean, 95 was well received. 95's Mortal Kombat is watchable. Oh, uh, no. They immediately dropped the ball with Mortal Kombat Charlie, 2. Is how old terrible. were you in 1995? Uh, I was 10 because I'm a young man. Charlie, that was watchable to a 10-year-old. I still think it's watchable. When he punches Garo in the nuts. On eyes. That movie but, is But, okay, terrible. well, let's, let's take your idea. No, I would on, like, hold is on, it hold better on, or worse? Hold okay. on. Hold on. Get me all worked up that defending Johnny said, Cage. I am going to allow for Ellis a typo, uh, a little room for a typo. Maybe he meant 21 Mortal Kombat because that was that at least... sucks. Reese, uh, de decently received. Not a good movie. Not at all. No, I did but it not was personally like it. But generally new... speaking, it was decently received to the point where there, there was a sequel coming. The new Resident Evil was terrible. The terrible. old Resident Evils I may love, but they're bad. They're, uh, Super they're, Mario they're Brothers. Terrible. Again, Every Super Mario cult Brothers status ever now, made, but including the ones that are coming out. The new one looks bad. Total trash. The new Mario Ech. Brothers looks bad. Um, but again, Ellis mentions Double Dragon. Double Dragon is exactly the problem with these movies. Some of these games don't have enough meat on the bone to justify well, it. Van Damme Street Fighter is enjoyable as a joke, but that movie sucks because no, they needed to find a narrative about a fighting not, tournament. It's not a it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Street Fighter and this was the question I was trying to get to. Um Street Fighter out of all the terrible video game adaptation adaptations, Street Fighter is the most offensive to me personally. And it's not even so much because I I'm I going plugged, to kick his ass. I plug so many quarters into the damn machine playing it um it wasn't because of the ethnic ambiguity of lead fucking characters i'm like what what is ryu what is ken like uh, ken was literally unbeatable um, in japan actually the japanese it's version ryu? of ken <laughs> exactly hello uh, this is the uh don't give hello capcom um but that being said yeah ken was un undefeatable in japan if you knew how to time shit right Check that shit out. No, no. Street Fighter was the worst comic uh, video game movie ever made because of what they did to my man Raul Julia. I mean, that's hell of a performance. Street so. Fighter was Raul Julia's last fucking movie ever before God saw fit to take him away from us? Are you kidding me? Fuck Street Fighter. Fuck him. Fuck him in the ass. Fair enough. But I still think Street Fighter's in top five because they were left to like straight to DVD Blood Rain. No. It's, it's Blood Rain wrong. 2, Blood well, Rain 3. But he, he now here's the thing. To, to that point, 
those were movies that were made intentionally to lose money. What's his Yui Yui Bowl? Yeah, or whatever. yeah. I, I'm not sure how you pronounce the name. I mean, he made flicks. He's gonna kick your ass now. Mo- You're gonna have to street fight Yui Bowl. That's fine. I will Hadouken. He's older him now. You got him in the ass. Um, but yeah, so so those movies, I wouldn't even include them because they are laughably bad intentionally. What about um, what about Spider Man? Anything even? What close. about Spider Man ruining my fucking day with Uncharted? Hey. Hey, Mark Wahlberg. Hey, Tom Holland. Knock it off. That fucking move. First of all, I would argue that Uncharted, uh, from the same team, uh, I believe they share DNA with The Last of Us's creative team. Um, What the fuck were you doing with that adaptation? What are you doing? Nathan Fillion is available. That was one of those... Pro- yeah, I would rather see that fan film 20 times in a row than have to sit through the actual cinema... Uh, Holy shit, I think I found an um, Uncharted! Fuck off! But uh, but but here's the thing also, like, that movie, that sat for so long that Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play the younger role, and they're finally like, eh, that shit ain't gonna happen, son, I'm sorry. You can unfurrow your brow now. But Charlie, th- there are those flicks that, like, I was so looking forward to... Because the storylines were dope when you were playing them. Hitman, Hitman had had one of my one of my favorite actors in the lead role. Hitman or is Agent a dynamite story, like such an easy translation to me. And you ended up with a crap, crap movie. Um, Dude, twice. What about you and what about you and poor Doom? Ah, uh, you waited. You just you, you're wearing your little rocky I pajamas. Loved, loved you got your too. little foam finger. You got your Brahma bull uh, fucking uh, t-shirt on, and then they give you Doom. Come on, man! Like these, these are such colossal failures, and it's only because they adapt the property, thinking, well, we're gonna get everybody who played the game, so that money is accounted for already. But the problem is. Anything that made the game attractive in the first place to play, it wasn't the graphics, it wasn't the replay value, it was because they had largely entertaining stories to one degree or another. So ultimately, they ended up changing those stories to fit their whatever shallow executive fucking suit mentality, and they blew it! They blew it! So, my question to you, Charlie, as we are, time evaporates like so many spores and we're not wearing masks... What's that what's that video game adaptation that because it is such a tight story you are dying to see adapted small screen big screen I don't even give a shit I'm going with what's Joker a video stream. game story Bioshock, Bioshock you take the one. script it's and you good, fucking film one. it you dicks how do you fuck it up they'll find a way Cause that's what they do, but Bioshock is the correct answer. I would like to wager all my monies. You get me fucking that big drill-handed motherfucker and his little creepy daughter, and let's go. What's up, Bioshock? It's a, What's it's a up? Dynamite. It's a dynamite answer, and a lot of it has to do with because Bioshock is going to have amazing visuals. It absolutely will, and we were just talking about this earlier. Um, it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago that you to get the visuals that were so available on a video game onto a screen, big or small, it meant huge money. That's not the case anymore. 
like fucking Favreau is making Star Wars movies basically in a in a garage with like a fucking with a know, box with a of scraps. <laughs> He's making like some of the best Star Wars content that we have damn uh, ever seen. Um, Mass Effect says Ellis over on Facebook. That's a good answer. But uh, even yeah. Mass Effect can't make a good Mass Effect anymore. What about you, John? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that judgy pendulum the other way. I mean, to to me, the answer is very very simple. A lot of people have said that we have kind of entered and exited a golden age of westerns. But until I get my adaption of Red Dead Redemption on the screen, I don't even want to hear it. Red Dead Redemption doesn't need any CGI. Red Dead Redemption does not need any huge fucking name actors to go in. Red Dead Redemption had two, specifically. Red Dead Redemption 2. The saga of Arthur is so goddamn narrative perfect. People are not going to be walking out of the theater with a dry eye. They're going to go need to hit the hard liquor if they're watching it on home. The story is outstanding. There are more twists and turns in Red Dead Redemption 2's narrative than there are in a water park's fucking slippity doodah slide uh, that two of the bolts came out and um, you know a couple of kids are stuck in and just rerouted into the lazy river. It is such a great story. The fact that it has not already been adapted. HBO, I'm looking at you. I know you got that money um, that you have saved from season 92 of, of Westworld that you're not using now. Go ahead and um, move that money just into my that adaptation. Money. Oh, it's going to be so good. But thank you first and first mostly for what you are doing for us, for all of us. With The Last of Us, it is perfect, perfect so far. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, don't, please. I need this. I, I'm having, I'm still sick. I'm going on like month two of pneumonia. <laughs> I, I just randomly spew now. I need this. Poor Charlie. Charlie should be wearing a fucking, a gas mask like legitimately. And he's like, he's like, no, I need the FaceTime for my people. It's true. And if uh, anyone out there, unless you're going to cue it, John, because this was your, you started. So are we going to talk about anyone we don't like? Or do you want me to cue it up? Cue it if up. you don't think I deserve all the FaceTime and never should cover this put em with a gas mask, then you're a motherfucking liar. Because uh, George Lucas is a liar. Hey, John. Yes? Han shot first hot shot first baby damn straight I salute Charlie's back to the shot mm. it's Dayquil <laughs> oh Charlie oh so, I don't so cough. sad so so sad poor Charlie John you forgot the new line we implemented right before the new season Charlie, you gave me 52 things to fucking put together five minutes for the show. If That's I true. only forget one thing, uh, then I think we got off goddamn easy. Do you know what but, I wish I... Do you want to know what I wish I could forget? What's that? I wish I could fucking forget watching two episodes of Velma. Because I'm dead inside now. I don't love things anymore. I hate my own skin. 
because Charlie I feel like I'm a immediately tan reboot of you. Immediately went from loving HBO for what they did to us to hating HBO for what they did to us. It was quite the one-two uh, emotional punch uh, because, frankly, uh, much like George Toyboy Lucas disappoints me at almost every outing now, that's directed <laughs> to you, Ellis. I don't fuck up. I exclusively win. John Molly doesn't fuck up. He just covers for me. What was Velma trying to do? Now let's let's throw this out here right away. There was going to be a contingency of people that didn't like this adaptation because it confirmed what we've all known for years, and that's Velma is all about the pussy. There are other people that were gonna hate this because Velma's brown. And honestly, other than the brothers Rivera, sometimes if you make something brown. It doesn't get over, right? People constantly say I'm the brown Kevin Smith, and it's because I asked them to say it to me on recording. And, and it's on your business cards. And it's on my business card. Um, <laughs> there were people that weren't going to like this because it was an adaptation. There were people that weren't going to like this because it was trying to be adult content. However, it also happens to fucking stink. Not to bury the lead, but oof and magoof. John, Charlie, terrible. Uh, can, I, I, I'm gonna... can I can I just say really quick, because I, I know that you obviously have strong feelings. Um, and I, I don't know how many uh, people watching or listening to us uh, sat down and watched those first two episodes of Velma, which I think as far as the recording time today, there's only been two, two episodes out. Um, you know me, I have a very strong policy of don't give a fuck. If yeah. I come across something in, in nature and I, and I don't give a fuck, I, I'm, I've been, I've been around the game long enough to like not subject myself to something that I start off thinking, well, that looks bad. So I'm going to go ahead and give that a pass. I would argue you were the first nerd to put your like flag in the ground and you were like, no, I shall not. I shall not throw away $15. I will not see this trash bag move. I'm it was off. as if, honestly, before I let you finish, and I'll let you finish, I'm not pulling a Kanye, because that guy sucks too. I, you were the first person. I feel like you saw Blade Trinity, and you were like, never again. I just imagine you in your car being like, Rick of Fresnum, $13, son of a bitch. And then maybe you saw Fantastic Four that broke Paul, cousin Paul's little heart when he had to sit through another terrible Fantastic Four. And I Poor felt Paul. like you got in your car and you did that weird thing where you just started laughing. And you're like, I spent $22 after tickets. And never, because when Ghostbusters 2016 came out, you saw the trailer, you closed your laptop, and you went about your life. You went about your life like a genius. So to say that there was no chance in hell you would have sat down to watch this visual diarrhea that is Velma, if not for this show, if not for these people, you sacrifice for them. And all they do need to do is like, comment, and subscribe. What I, what I give for you people? Do you, do you realize how much I suffer? Nobody suffers like me. Charlie Nobody suffers like my Nobody. brother suffers. So so I, I came across this again because uh full circle. Um 
HBO is very good at promoting what they have coming up. So I said, huh, a show that's Velma-centric. Uh, nope. No. Like, I had, I, had, I had no interest. Now, that being said, to be totally fair, I have not cared about the Scooby-Doo gang, which I realize you really can't properly even call this adaptation. But I haven't cared about the Scooby-Doo gang since the fucking 1970s version. There's literally Scooby-Doo, where are you? version which is the original which they were still playing in syndication in the 80s when i was uh, cognizant enough to pay attention I'm like oh this is a cartoon and it's on television i guess i watch it and and in all fairness i totally fucking broke i totally sold out for the gimmick of like running through one door and out the other i'm like ah, that is hilarious i love this this is great scooby-doo uh, you are just a genius of a dog. I want a great day now. That being said, in my mind, there was no other version. With the exception of, and I came to find out that the guest star version, which we speak about even now, kind of lovingly, like with Fonda. Batman and Robin, that, Super the Friends. The guest star version was technically a second uh, a second uh, show. It was like oh. a second it was already another iteration. It was like more, we'll get to. more tales from the mystery like machine. Like Scooby-Doo and Pals or whatever the hell it was called. But all those versions were Batman and Robin. Like you said, the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, um, fucking uh, uh, whomever. Like a bunch of guest stars. Real life people. That was another version. But I had kind of just like kind of smushed them together in my mind. But those two notwithstanding, I did not realize there was another version until... Uh, um, Freddie Prince and and fucking uh, forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall Geller. and uh, you know all all Sarah Michelle Geller. Thank you, Buffy. Um, I didn't realize there was other versions between those. Charlie, there were like a thousand. So here well, I am. Well, there was there was mine. Like, my version. Oh, there's a new Velma. Oh, that, a that, pup that's named Scooby Doo. Charlie, the there little, were like the a little fifty. Kid. Terrible. Oh. So really, really quickly, I, I do want to run through them with you, and then I'll throw it right back. Yay! Um, I love so, lists. A pup named Scooby Doo. Fuck yeah. 1988, and visually, until Velma rolled around, um, probably the most visually different from the original Scooby Doo. Where are you, group? And that's because uh, they were kids. Charlie. Uh, uh. So what was I saying? All right. So there, there's the original pup named Scooby Doo. Uh, Scooby Doo. Where are you? That was the original. That that show was from 1969 and ran in syndication <laughs> for like forever. Probably still. 1969 is a funny number. Pup named Scooby Doo was 88. Then there was uh, not not in order, but there was Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated from 2010. Now that this, sounds that sounds like a 2010 title. They just add extra words. This and it wasn't INC like they spelled that whole shit out. This this looks like an episode of um, uh, um, the Venture Brothers, but it's like the Scooby Doo gang. Uh, a little little bit worrisome. What's new, Scooby Doo? In two thousand and two, this That's looks just like them a, texting Scoob. Charlie, it's a, it looks like somebody took the original series and did a four K remaster. It looks like it was made uh, yesterday. 
Um, then there's a Scooby, the Scooby-Doo show, which is the version I was talking about with all of the guest stars. Um, just Dynamite. Uh, they also incorporated a little bit of Dynamut because, as we know, this all came from the great minds at Hanna-Barbera, who also gave us the Super Friends. Uh, then we had also, as well as, Scooby-Doo, and guess who? In essence, Charlie, they kept on making series as long as they could rhyme it with Scooby-Doo. Why like, you so got a many, series, and you got a so series. so many questions? Scooby-Doo, Charlie, and the that fuck's was, up? That was in 2019. That was like yesterday. Um, what else? That was the pre-pandemic. That was 30 years ago. Movies. Actually, this, the new Scooby-Doo quote-unquote movies is from 72. I apologize. That's the version where we got uh, Dick Van Dyke, Sonny and Cher, Don Knotts, Laurel and Hardy, the Three Stooges, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, which is just like, all right. That's when um, John grew a mustache. The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo in 1985. What? I First of all, I happen to like the movie 13 Ghosts. Me I didn't too. know Scooby-Doo was an option. Now well, that, that is- would have been, that would have been an HBO Max oh. series I would have dug my teeth into. I want you to imagine yes. uh, F. Murray Abraham is just sitting there, like, pretending to be dead. Ironically, the live-action Shaggy actor is also in that movie. He's like, now I must have the soul of a great Dane named Scooby-Doo. 1985. Unbelievable. And then Charlie's perennial favorite, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. Charlie Rivera, who is my Scooby-Doo, uh, my my Scrappy, the Scrappy to my Scooby, 1979. That's when we got that little fucker. Scrappy-Doo! Charlie... That dog was on cocaine. Scrappy-Doo was on coke. Scrappy-Doo was a fucking cat. I'm positive. Scrappy-Doo was like Garfield found cocaine in his, in his lasagna. And he's like, fuck this shit. I'm out. I identify Charlie, as a 2015 dog now. brought us Be Cool, Scooby-Doo. This <laughs> shit looks like... That's when Scooby-Doo was trying to narc on Scrappy. On uh, not Scrappy, on uh, Shaggy. Yeah, he's like, for all the weed of cool, the bitch. Yo, be cool, man. Both that, high out that, of their minds. That series, and I'm looking at it, and, and I, I apologize that there's no visual for you folks. That shit looks like the, 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 the Adult Swim version of fucking Scooby-Doo and gang. It is just terrible. So, I will say this. Having watched the first two episodes of Velma and thoroughly not liked it at all. I did not like it at all for many reasons, which we can get into. Um, it is by far, by far and away not the um, the only version, which is what I honestly thought. I'm like, oh, well, they just... Dusted this off. Kevin Smith did it with his flick, with his the Kevin Smith version, and the the was it two live action versions? Yeah, um, there was two, two live action films. Uh, and and fucking poor Freddie Prince just got he just got read read the fucking oh riot my god act, uh, at at the, at uh, AEW for it. But but that all being said, I was shocked to find out how many adaptations. So this isn't even... Well, it's my crazy is, to think... It's not even a novel idea. They didn't dust it off. They just made a new one in 2019. Well, the worst part is this gritty reimagining. The movies were written by, uh, by uh, James Gunn and originally were pitched as like rated R comedies, which was just like, oh my God, why the fuck didn't we... Why didn't we go for it 
Ellis, you're gonna get virtually slapped. <laughs> Keep Kevin Smith's name <laughs> out your Ellis. motherfucking mouth. Oh, hope that Charlie Depper wins the fucking Oscar. <laughs> Ellis said in the Facebook chat, Velma is the Scooby-Doo, what Kevin Smith is the He-Man. How dare you? Bandwagon mother sucker. Uh, John. Wait, can, Charlie, can I just say, though, really quickly, yeah. just again, to, to your point. Um, what you, ultimately, what made me break my policy, my self-made policy of like, mm, I don't think that looks very good. I'm not going to watch it. I love myself. I broke that policy for the simple reason of what you were referring to before. People are going to say, oh, you're not going to watch this Velma series because it's based on a... It, it, uh, Velma is the, uh, the, the, the in the forefront. It's Velma-centric. You're not, you're not going to watch this show because she's brown-skinned, Indian specifically. You're not going to watch this show because it fucking upends the, the patriarchy. Uh, you're not going to watch a show because of fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. And because none of those was true, I ultimately felt for the like, oh, let's see how long it takes you to go get me a Coke. I'm like, I'll show you how fast I am. Let me go run and grab this Coke. So I watched it to really kind of like say, well, I was right. I don't like this. It's not very good because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you don't like that she's brown skinned. It doesn't make a difference if you don't like her sexuality. It doesn't matter if you don't think that she should be the lead of this story because Charlie, guess what? All those things are fucking stupid. This is not a historical person. This isn't a Hamilton situation where you need to get your fucking panties all up in a bunch. She's not real. You can do anything you want to do to her. Ultimately, not if you not if you're Fred. You can do anything that you want to these characters. You have total carte blanche. All you need to do is knock, knock, knock on the doors of Hanna-Barbera and say, hey, can I take a shot? And they say, yeah, sure, knock yourself out because they want money. I get it. However, what you cannot fucking do is put out a subpar product, a bad story, and then sit back and complain about your negative reviews as if they're just haters. Well, they don't like it because of this. They don't like it because of that. They don't like it because of the other thing. No, 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 sweetheart. They don't like it because it is not good product. It is a stupid, unnecessary story. They're doing nothing new. They have, they, they have not bringing to light anything that we have not been exposed to multiple and in much better ways for, for probably going on five years now. We get it. Things need to change. The Me Too wake up, time's up situation is all out there and I'm all for all of it. This cartoon is not funny. This cartoon is not poignant. This cartoon is not timely. It is ultimately, at the end of the day, useless. It just sucks. I think even worse than everything you just said, and it's all true, right? I can't argue with anything you said, despite the fact it's a podcast and occasionally arguing would probably be good for business. But it huh. is what it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell shitty ads and I'm not gonna fucking pretend I like <laughs> what I don't and vice versa. With that being said, John, the biggest crime of this show is it seemingly fucking hates itself. 
I think really they does, they don't they don't like us because they talk about adults who watch animation like we're fucking cunts and yeah, yeah. like Adult Swim was built on my back so eat a bag of shit. Um, they took some of my favorite performers and had them say unfunny shit in unfunny ways. Oh, yeah, there was one joke I liked. There was one recurring joke I like, and that's Fred can't identify ugly people. He sees them all as basically nothing. That's funny. Because as a beautiful person, um, here, I too don't see uggos. What's that? I can't. That's, I'm over here. Um, here I am, Charlie. Here. So the, the biggest crime for me, it's like if you don't, it feels like, and I don't know this, but it feels like they don't like Scooby-Doo. It feels like they don't like animation. Who? It feels like they don't particularly like comedy. They don't, it feels I'm like sorry, they don't they, like people. They don't um, like Puna? They don't like anything. They don't like what, the Scooby-Doo brand. What's funny to me is that the original series is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? That's what this fucking show <laughs> should be called, too. Well, because Scooby-Doo is not in the show. I will give the show credit. The show is so bad that I believe the fake article that I shared with you was that they were introducing Scooby as a woman that Shaggy was going to try to fuck. It turns out that wasn't true. But the show is so bad that I instantly believed that there was going to be a character named Scooby spelled with an I. That fucking good old Kirk Kirkpatrick or whatever they renamed Shaggy. Why are you renaming Shaggy, by the way? We're ashamed of the name Shaggy. That that might be one of those situations where they look. It, this show has a story. It's just a bad one. It's a weird so, murder mystery. Ultimately, except like, I could give a fuck. Get, well, let me just say this, just just to kind of get back to the bad quote unquote reviews. I am not a subscriber to reviews. I I don't give a shit what anybody else except Charlie thinks about anything that I'm going to watch. I double don't give a shit about what people think about something that I'm not planning on watching anyway, but this changed the game a little bit. So, the show, this show, Velma, got galactically bad reviews. That, that, that's not up for debate. Somebody might be listening or watching this show and have watched Velma and be like, you know what, I liked it. Or maybe, you know what, it wasn't even that bad because it's yeah. been talked about as such a terrible... Uh, uh, like uh, something that might steal like your it's soul. It's not as bad as it toilet. sounded. It, it it's gonna murder your baby type bad. Um, it's it's not quite that bad. However, what's being said about it is largely very very true. So because of the changes that they made, that's not the issue that people are taking umbrage with. The issue that people are taking umbrage with is that it's it's. It's, it's literally pointless. And I'm saying this as a fan of Mindy Kaling, who voices Velma and is, I believe, the lead writer. And this might even be her kind of like pet project. Uh, I'm a big fan of her work. And um, other than her voice, I don't see her here anywhere. It doesn't like you said, feel a lot like of the they're... jokes are like, yeah, her like fingerprints more than anything her else. Her fingerprints are missing. And uh, personally, I don't know too much about it. I know that she's had a hard time on social media. She liked a tweet, and suddenly that made her uh, uh, an enemy. Um, I, well, I don't, I don't, that, I don't her, subscribe her to that shit. See, the problem is she's now had a long enough uh, track record where, uh, um, like, you know, like girls that have her background are saying to her, "Hey, is there any chance you can maybe stop?" portraying uh indian girls like uh 
as fucking losers, as like self-hating losers, because when you look at the the resume in that in that kind of like from that scope, which is the the reason why it's so important that we communicate with one another, that shit would have never occurred to me. I'm like, oh, it's Mindy Kaling being Mindy Kaling, but they're right. Like her portrayal of fucking Indian girls are very often, if not always, self-hating, nerdy, loner, like the opposite of fucking Captain Marvel. Oh, like yeah, fucking, yeah, and what's writer. funny? What's funny which is, is they, like, which is crazy to me. I'm like, her, you know what the fuck? That's right. So she's yeah. getting heat from yeah. multiple angles. And you know what's funny is Mindy Project is one of those shows that I remember when it was out, people really loved it. Um, but unlike The Office, unlike some of its, its, uh, I, I wouldn't list oh, wow. Mindy Project as an equivalent of The Office or How I Met Your Your Mother. I think that's unfair. But if you compare it to to shows that it can be compared against the last season of scrubs which has grown a fan base over the last few years or um new girl and shows like that are probably on the same level mindy project has aged the worst because of a lot of that kind of self-hatred that's portrayed um in a really non-endearing way and there's another hbo show it's not nerdy so i'll just throw it out there that i actually don't i kind of enjoy as background fodder but it's called the sex lives of college girls that she's a creative voice on but it feels like she's a creative voice on it um and there is a like empowered brown girl and an empowered black girl and there's an empowered white girl and it feels like a very celebratory fucking story about women that as a fan of fucking broads um, I can get behind. Like, yeah, that's cool. That's a story I don't know. That's a perspective I don't have. Interesting yeah. stories and interesting story. That's that's this. That's the, that's, it's Charlie, you said it twelve times in a row, and I don't think you even realized it. It's storytelling. Yeah. It's storytelling. If you tell me an interesting story, whether it's from a perspective that I'm familiar with or a perspective that's completely alien to me, if you have an interesting story, guess what? I am interested. Yeah. I'm not gonna go, and I'm not gonna. It's get not hard math because of minuscule changes. Oh, this person, a dicky doesn't tie in the back that way, which happens to be true. Um, no, like you don't get caught in the minutia of all those little fucking details. People sit down and they eat their popcorn and they say, "Entertain me," because you Here, presented something that's entertaining. Yeah. And in this situation, she just hasn't. It's just so stupid to me. That anybody, for the good or the bad, for the right or the wrong, are getting so jammed up about it. Guys, the show's bad. Don't watch it. Don't watch and it. That's and, the, and the that reason, is a problem. But here's, my, but here's my, my big point, and then I'm done with it. Because we have so... We have, like, kind of fucking beat the drum saying, like, this sucks. This is so bad. Blah, 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 blah. Charlie, people have rushed. They have fucking, like stampeded to the front of the fucking uh, aisle to watch it so that they can talk about how bad it is and be in agreement with you know all these nameless fucking rabble rousers and what that has done to the dumb dumb suits that are in charge of things they're sitting back saying look at this viewership this is a hit We've got a winner, you guys. So as much as I hate to say this out loud and God forbid speak it into existence, Charlie, they're already greenlighting a season two. Yeah. Because the viewership numbers were so high after two episodes, the fact that they were it were so high because people couldn't get over how bad the product was, 
The dumb dumb suits were thinking they've got a fucking a qualified winner on their hands and they taking away shit that we like to spend that same money on drivel that nobody likes. And that's why this world is garbage. That, that, views that's the reason our why. Views. Uh, my final thought here is time is always spent better watching the things you love and the things you enjoy. So I know for me, I'm going to reward uh, Quantumania for dropping those hot new trailers. I'm going to reward Mandalorian for its season three trailer. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit more work. And again, this show makes things a little bit more difficult. But we are going to follow Cousin Paul's edict of uh, we'll try to get in between you guys and the stuff <laughs> that stinks. Um, You're welcome. But I won't need to keep proving it to myself. So uh, I'm done with Velma. I watched the episodes. By in the off chance I hear down the road that the show became great, I'll be very happy for the show. I don't need to prove it for myself. I don't need another bite of the apple. Yeah. I got a long season of stuff I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to focus full charge on that. With that being said, John, one of those positive things I love is the fact that this very show, which you should really like, comment, and subscribe to wherever and everywhere you can. Tell a couple friends. Tell them to join us every Wednesday at 8. I'm going to promise you we have guests joining us this February. Just a few weeks from now, we're going to have some very special guests. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, our, Speaking of which. One, one thing we'll celebrate, a buddy of... Uh, of the show, uh, yes. our good friend Sarah, who has an incredible Sarah, podcast. Way to be her brand new podcast now available. Uh, Sarah, I don't want to butcher the name. Drop in the comment section the name of the pod so everyone can go and subscribe to you uh, and and your amazing pod partner. But John, speaking of pod partners, let's pay some bills. John, why don't you hit him with our sponsor today? Oh shit, Charlie, you got to ask yourself one question. Where we drop in, and the answer is with Sergeant Finesse. You can find him currently gaming on uh, Facebook. He's a gaming partner there. Multiple streams every day. Outstanding video game content, supporter games, co streams, giveaways, contests. Don't be a sucker. Check him out today because when the Sergeant's on deck, you salute. GG, son. Guys, take a second. Uh, unofficial sponsor. I was absolutely yes. going to invert this. I was so damn close, though. It is the Peaches and Honey podcast, available now Dynamite, wherever you can get Dynamite that podcast. sweet podcast action. But much like us, she just said there, she just uh, they they just um were put on Spotify. That's right. Uh, you can also check Dynamite. them out right here on the Facebook machine and wherever else you can get podcasts. But John. Much like Peaches and Honey, much like Sergeant Finesse, the only sponsors we dabble in are ones that we care about because, once again, we are brought to you by one of our absolute favorite bands. Quality and control. that, of course, Quality is control. Bad Mary. You heard them during the intro. You're going to hear the full intro song at the end of this episode. If you're wondering where else yes. you can catch their act, you can follow them over at Bad Mary Band across all social media platforms. You can support them over on patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary Band. And you can stay up to date at badmary.com for merch and upcoming performances, including this weekend at Mr. Barry's. There's a good chance I'll be there yes. if I'm not dying. But my absolute favorite part, John, is their entire discography is available across all social, uh, all social media platforms and all <laughs> music streaming platforms. All of it. They're just they're everywhere. They are everywhere, and rightfully so. Um, Charlie, 
one might say that having that accessibility to so much music and gaming content and dynamite podcasts and even ones like this one um is akin to nothing else but magic Ooh, i hope fox news is paying attention because that's how you do a segue goddamn sons of bitches yes indeed magic is in the air um and it's very interesting to me because as an avid reader I am almost always sitting back whilst in the middle of being totally engulfed in storytelling. Uh, Whether the prose is particularly strong or not, actually for me it doesn't really matter. If I'm into the story, I sit back and think one thing, two things. One, I gotta tell Charlie about this shit. And two is, I can't wait till this is adapted. A couple of weeks ago, Charlie, we were sitting on this very podcast and talking about version 2.0. Of interview with a vampire. And AMC hit that shit out the park. Now they went ahead so and made good. changes. They said, you know what? Fuck this, fuck that, and fuck the other thing. Here is this new version, which in my book, <laughs> uh, in my book is exactly the right way to go. They did a beautiful job of it. It is very, very easily distinguishable from the, the Brad Pitt Tom Cruise version that we got years ago. And it is also um, a new experience if you compare it to the original books because there's like a thousand Interview with the Vampire uh, books. Lestat it may be written about by Anne Rice more than, than any guy else. Um, but that wasn't the only thing her pen was just flying around the Louisiana nights with. Uh, she also, as well as, has a very, very beloved uh, uh, series that anyone in the know... Charlie, when we were talking earlier about like those totally invested, like rabid fandoms. Oh gosh. The Mayfair Witches would be when you crack open the dictionary, because those still exist. When you crack open a dictionary and you open it up to rabid fandom, the Mayfair Witches bitches are going to be right there, son. And this is the queen. Dude, I fucking love the Mayfair Witches books. Um, I, I read them actually kind of like, kind of young. Uh, we, we talked about this when we originally talked about <laughs> And this is how John the got the rest of his beard. He got Dude, his mustache I... nice and Woo! early, and oh, the Mayfair Witches gracious. filled it in. Uh, um, from here to eternity could, doesn't hold a fucking candle to the drama that the Mayfair witches go through. So if anyone is unfamiliar, um, oh damn straight Ellis, ooh my boy, um, Ellis in the chat was literally how John told me he wanted to talk about the show. I rolled my eyes, even this as is... a Anne Rice fan, I rolled my eyes. I pull it up on my computer and I go, oh hello, I was a cartoon wolf. Oh. I was like, I let it get seven seasons and a movie. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my. I, I turned off all the, the lights in person like the the cartoon wolf from the mask charlie did it full on he was wearing a zoot suit the whole nine yards alexandra um, daddario could get me to watch velma that's how good is, she is um, what's very interesting to, to not to not to to bury the lead but um the new series which we ultimately are now getting by amc uh, the first two uh, episodes, I believe, are out now. Um, this was one of those situations where when I sat back and heard it was coming, 
I thought, don't fuck it up, guys. Don't fuck up. And AMC has a good track record as far as I'm concerned. Now, the thing about it is, in much the same way that they that they just made their choices, they said, look, we're going to bring this to life. But this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. It had to start, um, you know, it, it, it had to start in such a way that you got caught, like, like they caught you very, very quickly. Because witches, much like vampires, much like superheroes, quite frankly, um, they're kind of a dime a dozen in terms of, like, their accessibility for storytelling. Like, if, if you're into witches, you can go out and you can probably watch a dozen different uh, variations of those stories. So you need a version that's going to sink their hooks into you. And, and just like The Last of Us, just like fucking uh, not on Velma, um, story is going to take uh, precedent over anything else, over any visuals, over any cinematics, over even the music of it all. The fact that the Mayfair Wishes happens all in Louisiana, uh, in New Orleans specifically, like that should be enough for most people to tune in and say, okay, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is definitely for me. But let me ask you this, only because, again, I've been making a big deal about this coming. And uh, as we said, uh, Alexandra Daddario, she has been one of those names that has been put out there where you're like, well, she's going to get some kind of a center stage in something or another. The fact that it's this makes me so happy because she is just a compelling actor to to watch. And some might say like Ellis just to look at because she's you know she's a gorgeous woman, um, but she's compelling. Like she she walks down the street and you, and you want to know well where is this person going? That's what you need for for this specific story. Uh, for the character of Rowan Mayfair, who is kind of like the, the center stage character of a very uh, expanded storyline, um, you need that character that you're just drawn to immediately. Gal Gadot has got a similar vibe, in my opinion, even though aesthetically they're very different. Uh, so let me ask you this, Charlie. Other than the series coming up and me jibing about it, did you have any knowledge of it in the past? See, this is this is wildly unfair because I don't, I feel bad for a lot of projects like this. I don't watch TV. I I really rely on streaming, uh, on YouTube. I have a series of ad blockers. Um, I do not I do not learn about projects unless ComicBook.com writes a story about it, or unless you direct me towards it. It's it's genuinely a a bit of a problem because this sort of project. Um, I, I've talked about it before on the show. I'm desperate to really enjoy magic, uh, especially since U.S. Comics has a contingency of magic-using characters um, that I would look... Oh! Ah! I don't think it works the way you're doing it. Um, I can see the... the yeah, there we go. Um, this is the reason why magic sucks! <laughs> but uh, this is one of those projects that I think has benefited... <laughs> From I, I think it's a quality level that people will talk about it. Certainly, I will. Um, I'm eager to watch episode two. I wasn't able to get to it yet, but uh, but no, this is a show that flew completely under my radar. With that being said, it's very important to know everything on AMC flies under my radar. They don't have much of an online advertising budget. I think they mostly advertise yeah. to other people watching AMC. And since I well, didn't they, watch I, Walking I, Dead, I feel like. They cater to like, well, you're here already. 
You know you're going to watch it. So The problem yeah. is, I'm fucking not. Whereas HBO does a great job of before every episode of everything. Dun, they're dun, like, dun, these, dun, are dun. The, these are the 50 things we have. Please fucking watch it. Like, I, watch I watched the first couple episodes of the new season of Black Lotus. Black Lotus? Is that the name of it? White That's Lotus? Uh, of White Lotus. And That's I was like, yeah, I'll get back to it. And they showed me so many ads for episode three at like two in the morning one night. I was like, fine, I'll watch it in its entirety. I'm sorry, HBO. You got AMC, it. You got it. AMC is like the mousy neighbor who I borrowed a rake from 12 years ago. Just I'm like not giving the like... rake back. Yeah. Can I have it back? I don't no. know. Yeah. No, see, what's funny, too, is like AMC, you're right. They're They're somewhat unassuming but they put out great great content um but but what's interesting to me knowing the source material uh as well as i do and i know it very well um so this first season and i'm gonna put this out there just for anybody who's on the fence first and first mostly get off the unlike fence. velma unlike velma if you want to talk about um if you want to talk about the patriarchy if you want to talk about like, uh, um, you know, suffrage and like how to come back from all that stuff, um, and and you are not an embroiled warrior yourself. If, if it doesn't affect you directly, and you need a voice to put shit in perspective for you, and it's women's rights, it's what women go through on a day to day basis. Don't come to me and Charlie because we don't fucking know. Not even close. Go to a bunch of witches, man. Like, who is going to educate you better as to the shit that these fucking poor women go through than witches? Because what's fun about the storytelling is they go through it because they're part of that tribe. But then on the same token, they can do something about it. And For it the record, the that sentence fucking enter, rules. It's one of the most entertaining fucking things, whether you're reading it or watching it. Period. I Period. gotta tell you, so just really, yeah. yeah. Well, I, what really like drew me into the show and made me committed to watching the full season was they they do a gag. I won't give any of it away because I think it's very worthwhile. But they do this gag where some specifically a guy is being like the biggest douchebag, but he's being the oh, biggest douchebag in a way a that most of us see uh, in our workplaces all the time. And I had the thought before it happened. I'm like, I fucking hate this guy. I wish someone, and then something happens. And I was oh, like, fucking Steve. And I didn't know, despite the title, I didn't really know what the fucking show was about. So I was like, did I just will this into? And then there's another dude. Am, am I magic? later? There's another dude later in the episode who's a bigger douche. And I literally was like, come on. Do the thing. And basically, that nigga's dick flies off his body like a <laughs> rocket. And I high-fived myself. Charlie, because I, I have to reiterate, I read these books starting off. Like, Is this why you're a gentleman? You're like, you never know what bitch is a witch. Charlie, well, that's also true. But, but that being said, again, I, if books, and they should... If books had like the fucking disclaimers right on the covers, even the same way that that board games do, then I would never have read them. The problem is our mom is such an avid reader. 
whatever the hell she trucked home. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll read this. I'll read that. Um, which, which ultimately worked out very well for me, vocabulary-wise. But, um, yeah, like, at a very early age, I was like, huh, okay, okay. Yeah, that jibes. I totally get it. It is such, an, it's such a great education because of one reason. You don't want your dick to explode. And Rice. I get it. That's <laughs> true. And Rice never said, hey, bad guy, here's why you're bad. What Anne Rice did so great, and, and thus far, and I'm hoping that it's maintained on the show, um, what she did instead was she did morality tales. She entertained you with narrative. She got you more than anything else to care about the characters. So at the end of the day, if someone was a fucking douchebag, uh, um, you know, if someone was a, like a total fucking asshole to, to uh, you know, to whomever, and, and there's a ton of very intriguing characters within the whole uh, Mayfair Witch's narrative. The coven is just dynamite. You wanted to, you wanted to explode that guy's dick before anybody else. You're like, oh, you're going to fucking get it, motherfucker. And when you do, I'm be the first online to smile and nod and applaud and all that jazz. Um, there's a character named Lasher, uh, which which you, we've probably been introduced to kind of like in an outside way, um, who is going to end up speaking uh, in that way that like someone in the front of a classroom would. But the rest of the narrative truly said, um, they're going to expose a world to you that is unfamiliar, and I'm only half talking about witchcraft. I'm only half talking about coven living. I'm only half talking about uh, like the New Orleans fucking culture. Half, half, and half. That's 100 percent right. Perfect. Yeah. My ma- math is my strong suit. John, we like to go 50 percent harder. So <laughs> yeah, what we absolutely. do is we play extra. We play extra innings, baby. We go 150 percent. It's true. It's true, and we sweat the whole time. Uh, I also have small dongers. That's um, why my bowling average is 285. <laughs> All those I extra. I will, and then I'll, I'll I'll leave it off, and we can wrap it up. Um, largely, this first season is based on um, uh, the Witching Hour, which is the first of these books. Um, and I again, I I'm a big reader, a big bibliophile myself. I can safely tell you, that's just the worst book of the fucking series. It's, oh shit. It's, it's just the worst book. Now, it does have a lot of uh, uh, kind of like water to carry. It's got to establish an entire lore for you. It's going to set you up. And the show is, is bouncing back and forth um, between narratives like a, like a fucking Russian ping pong tournament. Um, so I would ask respectfully for anybody that gets a little bit of a fucking Martina Navratilova type of crick in their neck, give it a minute. Just, just like, see through it. Just, just watch the Dario a couple of episodes more to really, really get involved. I assure you, if you're anything like me, you are going to be invested. Uh, she's a dynamite performer. She's, uh, she's pretty easy to look at to boot. The show looks fucking great. Uh, AMC has not done me wrong thus far. I'm just very, very excited. I, I look forward to speaking about this show again on another episode like when it's kind of wrapped up or whatever comes next uh but i'm excited man i'm excited Here's... a lot of these witch these witchy woman type vehicles have not been particularly strong and i think it's only because the ultimate narrative 
Like the narrative here, though, is very, very strong. She's got a story to tell. I think I, I, I think where I fall, what I bump into a lot, and I think I, I think I'm pretty good at being for shows like this. I'm pretty good at being a fair middle ground. I don't particularly like uh, magic stories. I don't particularly um, I don't particularly feel like I need like suffrage uh, movies or, or television a lot in my life. I, I tend to be very pro. Uh, woman, right? What a lot of times loses me going back to Velma is that like they make it a point to be like Fred is a douchebag and he has a small dick and he got small dick energy and men are bad. This show did a very great job at isolating a bad guy who happens to be a guy but who sucks. Like you said, I wanted these dudes punished. So as a guy, I don't have to sit there and be like, are they talking about me? I fucking know they're not talking about me. I'm not that sort of huge douchebag. I'm a douchebag. I'm a terrible person who like people should be untrustworthy of. With that being said, I feel like I would get along with all sorts of witches. No, I'm never going to like piss off a chick with powers enough. Like maybe I'll piss them off by being a little needy. First of all, if you don't think all these chicks have powers to one degree or another, you know you're what? kidding yourself. Touche. And second and always, um, Charlie, uh, who's more who's more excited about fucking the Agatha series that's coming? You didn't like Scarlet Witch? Like, what are you talking about? You absolutely no, that's a do good point. like magic. That's a good point. Come on, man. I, I don't Come like... On, I, 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 magic isn't enough. I'll put it to you that way. I need like a good character. I need a good story. But and so far, this a, has you make that. a perfect. You make a perfect point because is it because I, I said story for the thirtieth time this episode? Probably. So I would even uh, tap on. None of that other stuff is enough. Again, we 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 have been desensitized to the spectacle, right? Um, like like some oh, it's a flying aircraft carrier. So. Yeah. So what? Now and 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 then, right? Like CS. Like it's not enough anymore. I hate to say this out loud, because there's a lot of a lot of a lot of sad storytellers out there. The spectacle that that shit has that ship has sailed. We can do majority of this stuff on our fucking phones, and it looks outstanding. Sorry to say, you have to start working for a living. You have to start giving us good compelling well-written characters you have to start giving us good compelling well-written dialogue you have to make us care it's not enough to fucking you know to 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 jingle the keys and get our attention getting us all looking this way while you pull a rabbit out of a fucking a fake bottom hat that shit is over son the coven is strong and we are not gonna take it anymore that's what I, I do say. not I do not think we can end more powerfully than that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us to our return. Season four is off and running. You'll see us week after week. The only thing we ask of you is tell your friends, hit the likes, hit the comments, throw on that audio file. Even if you're not listening to us, 
have some fun with us all year long. Join us live for these uh, YouTube videos, these Facebook videos. We're on Twitch. You can listen to previous episodes week after week anywhere. You can listen to podcasts. Join the army. Join our nerdy, nerdy revolution. We can all be a part of this beautiful U.S. comics. You too can be Anunnaki and proud. But John, there is only one way that we end each and every episode of U.S. comics. And it's a few simple steps. I want you to show the people how to do it. Because first, we're going to turn the power on. Then we're going to turn that volume up. We're going to tune Bad Mary in. We're going to open up that window wide and scream out into the night sky. Save the space girl. We out. <laughs>